This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland, and today, man, I've got the privilege to interview Dan Rooney. Dan, how you doing? I am blessed. Good to be with you. Uh, it's awesome to have you, man. As I told you before we started recording, I saw you and about 10,000 of my closest friends. Uh, you spoke at an event I was at, gosh, this is years ago. Uh, and now here we are one-on-one getting an interview at, on the Circuit of Success. So awesome to have you. You've got such an amazing story. And as a fellow golfer, you know, I, I get to follow you and what you get to do. And you, you've taken your whole golf tournament to a whole nother level, man. Yeah, I, I always say everything good in my life is connected to the game of golf. So I am yeah. I am passionate uh, about it. And I would say when you can combine what you are or what you do with who you are is such a powerful thing. And I mean, I think that is golf manifests itself in like every way in my life. And so I am I am blessed. That's awesome. Well, you are a uh, former F-16 fighter pilot, a PGA professional. You got a podcast, an author founder of Full, uh, Folds of Honor, which is a massive charity we'll talk about. You are a husband. And then really this whole podcast should be about you are the dad to five girls. I am the dad to four boys. So we have nothing in common in parenting, probably. No. And so and so, uh, so talk to me about that, man. Five girls? Yeah, God has a sense of humor. Um, that's for sure. Uh, my, I, I love it. So my priest, Father Jack, every time I walk in with with my posse, as I call him, he said, blessed are thou among women, Colonel Dan. I said, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yes, so are. I would just describe it as that. And uh, I grew up with two older sisters and uh, I'm learning every day. I, I give myself a C plus as a girl dad, but I'm getting better at raising girls, thankfully. I've got the freshman up at Notre Dame and uh, with Dave Peacock's son, and we're going to talk about Dave later. Yeah um all the way down to a first grader so uh yeah we're we're really blessed and really busy awesome i just won my first notre dame i guess would have been 2019 experience of the football and walking and walk after church into the stadium i mean man alive what an experience yeah if there was if there was a postcard for what college football in a an experience college experience is it is up there on that campus in south bend it is it is hallowed ground yeah well, let's dive in, man. Let's talk about, I, as I was doing my research, and, and Folds of Honor is, is an amazing charity, and we'll dive into exactly what that does. But tell, talk to us about that, that flight that, in my opinion, probably changed the trajectory of your life from, from Chicago to Michigan and just kind of that process and what went down and where you saw uh, things happening. Yeah, I mean, I call them moments of synchronicity or chance with a purpose. You know, when God puts you someplace that you're not anticipating that you're going to end up, 
And um, for me, I just got back from my second combat tour in, in Iraq and uh, was on my way to my day job as a PGA club pro at our family golf course, which uh, we can talk about later, but we're, has been transformed, we'll reopen. Um, I've been working three years with Mr. Jack Nicholas yeah. um, on that. And we're gonna open American Dunes to memorialize the birthplace of Folds. But um, to, to rewind, um, yeah, I'm one of those dark delayed nights in O'Hare, go from Budweiser to coffee, finally get on this flight, um, headed to Grand Rapids and I walked through first class and I see a young corporal in dress army greens, don't think much of it, press on back to coach. About an hour and a half later, we land in Grand Rapids, uh, close to midnight. As we're pulling into the gate, the captain comes over the PA and announces that we're carrying the remains of Corporal Brock Buckland, who'd been killed in Iraq, and his identical twin brother, Corporal Brad Buckland, is in first class and has, has brought him home. And um, captain makes another request that everybody stay in their seats as we honor rock sacrifice before his, you know, remains are removed from the right cargo hold. And, you know, I've seen a lot of, I mean, stuff that I take with me every day in, in combat. Sure. And, um, but I'd never seen that side of war. And that night I watched the Buckland family on the darkest night of their lives, um, his brothers, his parents, his wife, and his four-year-old son as his American flag draped coffin inched down from the cargo hold. And um, just the finality hit me. Um, as, as we open this talking about our kids and the stuff that really matters, um, that this young boy would, you know, never see his dad again. And at four years old, you could tell he didn't get it, right. uh, how his life had been completely and forever changed. And, you know, so the ceremony finishes itself up and, and I stand up only to see that more than half the people had gotten off the plane and left, um, and, uh, never been disappointed to be an American in my life, but I was on that day and, and I, in that moment, as, as always, I think so often in our lives when we hit these moments of despair, which we all do, um, I felt a hand and I, I know it was the hand of God and he called me on this mission that would become Folds of Honor. And, um, I called my wife and told her what had happened. I said, this is going to sound crazy because at the time I was, I was a pretty average guy, right? I was a fighter pilot and a golf pro and drank a little too much whiskey and stayed in the bar. And um, it was just this big evolution like god pulling me out what's the saying every saint has a past every sinner has a future i love that one and um so i went home and i mean a few weeks later above my garage i wrote down our mission statement which you know 13 years ago has, has never changed and that's honor the sacrifice by educating the legacy and our mission is to give scholarships to spouses and children who've had somebody killed or disabled in combat and We've now awarded 29,000 scholarships, about $140 million out the door. And uh, just, uh, you know, just proof that we're on the right path in your life, that there's a higher force that conspires for you. And certainly we work hard. We've got a, we've got a great team. Uh, but man, the only explanation for this is a whole lot of God's grace and, um, and, and blessing. And we get to pay this gift of an education forward, which is life-changing and you know, one thing relevant to, to this year and all the craziness that 2020 brought to us um, with all the racial Black Lives Matter movement, um, Folds is um, very proud, and but it's been very quiet up until this point, the fact that we've got 13,000 minority recipients 
and about $65 million in education. And I'm humble opinion that one education is the only lasting bridge to equality in this country. And we desperately need it, but we need to, you know, stop pointing fingers and start doing something. And we fix this education piece, which gives people hope and opportunity. I don't think we're going to be able to move that ball down the field the way we need to. So I, one, I appreciate the story. You guys are doing unbelievable work, but I, I want to peel the onion layer back there is because you just say it so calm and cool, right? Just 140 million. That's all just $140 million. Right. So how do you take this idea? We all have ideas, especially, you know, people listen to this are successful and they want to continue to be successful. And we all have a thousand ideas a week, probably running through our heads, but you have this idea you see this thing on an airplane and then you decide to take it. And now I think you said 29,000 recipients and $140 million later. How in the hell does that happen, Dan? Uh, so I said a lot of hard work, a lot of God's grace. <laughs> right. Um, I, you know, uh, someone asked me the other day and I was like trying to think of like identifying what, what was their one thing. And I came up with this and my wife would attest to this because it drives her crazy. I'm always the, I'm the first guy there and the last guy in the room. And I, you know, I think success, we all know it. It's just little victories um, over time. And I'm, I'm the broken vessel. You can't sit back and say something I did caused this to happen. There is no way. Um, Tons of great people have come along to support, but you know, I get in the fight um, early every day and I'm the, I'm the last one there. I've been the last one there my whole life. Now, whether that was, I was, you know, given average talent as a golfer. I was the last one on the range, hmm. right? I was the last one there. I'm in the, I'm the last guy in every fundraising room for Folds of Honor for the last 13 years. And uh, I think good things happen when you stick around and you're in the fight and it's not going to happen if you're not in the fight. So I guess that would be my advice to anybody out there is if, if you want it bad enough, um, you got to be the first one in the last one out. And uh, I think that uh, that's pretty simple, but it's probably a tried and true formula if you look at most really successful people. Yeah, you're right. When you stick around, good things happen, man. And you're exactly right on that. And so, but it also takes perseverance. It takes courage. You got to pick up the phone because you go from this deal in Michigan to now you're literally all over the country. And I don't know, how many golf courses are you at? Because I know at Sunset Hills Country Club here, John DePriest, the PGA pro here, does an amazing job. Yeah, John is a stud. So huge, huge shout out to, uh, to John. Um, but we, so, so how, did, how did we do it? Uh, I'll tell you two cool stories. Um, one's around golf, the other one's around Budweiser. Um, but I turned to golf because that's what I knew. Right. right? I think you're congruent with your lanes, right? You've given talents, you've got connections. And we host an event called Patriot Golf Day on Memorial Day every year. And we have golf courses sign up. We'll have about 5,000 courses this year. And we just ask them to ask their golfers, public, private, municipal, to make a donation when, when they play their most heroic round of the year, meaning hmm. give that less than 1% that wakes up every day and says, hey, uh, I'm willing to die for your freedom so you can go play golf throw in a few extra bucks. And, um, you know, we raise millions of dollars a year through that program. And, uh, but I'd love to tell you my, you know, my Budweiser story. Let's let it rip. And, and maybe this is, this is probably a better story when you're like, Hey, how does that happen? Um, but I cold called Budweiser, uh, in 2009, I flew from Tulsa to St. Louis and, and rang the doorbell. 
And, I'm going to uh, stop you real quick right there. Cause I know you'll remember the story, obviously, but just think about that for myself, for our listeners, I cold called Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, I mean, you're talking the biggest beer company in the world, right? Yeah. And I cold called Budweiser. I, I flew up, I knock on the door, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're all selling something, right? Everybody is selling something. And uh, yeah, but I got on Southwest Airlines, which is also now a great fold supporter. We fly anywhere we want to go on Southwest. They take care of it. And um, I bought my ticket, flew up there, rang the doorbell and uh, sat in the lobby because I had no appointment. And my you know, first meeting did not go exceptionally well. Uh, they were really nice, but they were like, at the end, they were like, man, man you got to understand, we get hundreds of requests a day at Anheuser-Busch from charities that, that want our help. And, and no offense, they're not run above people's garages. We're, we're full spent its first three years of existence. Yeah. And, uh, and they were like, so don't waste your time or your money because this is never going to happen. And, you know, I, rejection hurts, right? All of, especially guys are terrible at rejection, right? And, right, uh, right. and, and so, I, you know, I put my, my dauber was down and I went home and, you know, rallied myself a couple of days later. And I'm like, well, that was fine. Um, and I went back every six months for the next three years, flew back up there and I cold called him and, I finally got a meeting with, uh, with Dave Peacock and, um, it was a, it was sad circumstances that got me the meeting because his, um, administrative assistant, Sue Marler, her son was, uh, was killed in combat, but I'd rattled around there enough that Dave knew about me, even though he would never take a meeting with, with me. Crazy pilot guy that keeps showing up every six right. months. So he'd say, hey, call that guy, that fighter pilot guy. And so I went up there and I told him the story. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, we ended the meetings. Like I make it a best practice in my life not to get in the way of God's will. We'll figure out something to do with, with you and Folds of Honor. And um, that following, you know, six months later, they took the red and white ribbon off the can of Budweiser and they put stars and stripes on it. And they said, we'll give you a nickel for every case we sell. And if it goes well, we'll talk about a partnership. Well, they had one of the best summers in a decade around that campaign. And $19 million later uh, that they've donated to us, we're, you know, the official charity uh, for Budweiser and the Anheuser-Busch team. And I always say, this is my lesson I learned on that day, which I learned every day. It's like, we will be defined by what we do when it doesn't go our way, hmm. period. Um, and most people would have never gone back after they you know, swung for the fences and cold called Anheuser-Busch and got crushed. Yep. <laughs> and what is, uh, to your point, I mean, what are you willing to persevere through? And, but for me, I, I just look at it and I do it all the time. Cause it's like multiple times a day, it's not going to go the way you want it to. And that's my self-talk between myself I was like, okay, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. I will be defined by what I do next. Dial it down, distill it down to something that's palatable and simple rinse and repeat multiple times every day. Yeah. And don't you, I mean, I think I call it the bounce back theory that you got to get right back up, right? You got kicked in the teeth in the office at Anheuser-Busch, you could go home and, you know, cry about it forever and never go back and say, what if, right? But you got back up and you took the risk, you invested money 
which again, I think is a big deal. You got to put your money where your mouth is. You got some skin in the game. It matters. You bought a plane ticket. You take your time. You walk in there again and don't worry about what the heck you're going to look like by the defeat, right? You go right back into it again. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, you know, we call it fighter pilots. It's being in the fight, man. Stay in the fight. Stay in the fight. Yep. That's great. So um, I read, you talk about CAVU. Did I say that right? C-A-V-U, CAVU. Um, talk about that. I know there's a, a daily pathway you talk about, but talk to us about what that means and, and how you're helping people really all over the place with that. Yeah, well, so the I, I came out with a new book in November um, and I'm just, I'm just absolutely blown away by the response. And the, the title of the book is called Fly Into the Wind how to harness faith and fearlessness on your ascent. And so the, the title really says it all. It's fly into the wind. As, as fighter pilots, we always take off into the wind because we need resistance to ascend. And our, our lives are, are no different. And really the theme of stuff we've been talking about, right? I mean, it's going to be hard, except that your resilient spirit, you need that resistance to ultimately ascend. And in the book, um, I outlined um, my personal code of living that I call CAVU, which is a fighter pilot acronym, ceiling and visibility unlimited. And like those, you know, infinite blue sky days that we love to be fighter pilots in, I think we can engineer that in, in our lives. And I wrote mine um, in, a, in a place of struggle, I you know, 10 years of, you know, just really hard uh, resilient work. And uh, while I couldn't control the outcomes of every day, I could control my personal process. And that's what this book is. And it's broken into 10 lines of effort or LOEs. Uh, it's basically 10 things that I do every day without fail. And it's funny at, at 48, uh, I'm constantly evolving and uh, I'm sure I'll have more you know, to share in, in the next couple of years, but this is the best I had at this point. Right. But one of these, you know, beautiful ironies that I discovered is regardless if you're winning or losing the day based on the outcomes, um, that you should live at the exact same way. And it, it is such a freeing concept for me in my life to let go of the stuff I can't control and not worry about it and be intentional about living, um, in my case, taboo every day and just let everything else be what it's going to be. And I think if nothing else, fighter pilots are uniquely gifted with our ability to take in copious amounts of information and prioritize. Translated to life, everybody's drinking through a fire hose, right? We're all way too busy. We got way too much stuff going on. Um, This book is about slowing down, looking at your life, prioritizing what's really important because I promise you we will both wake up 10 years from this podcast and be like dude where did that 10 years go right, right. it's just like this moving at mock speed yep. um, the beauty of living by a code is you will be able to answer that you are not getting blown by the winds of change and what's happening in your life and living reactive and waking up on Monday saying oh man what's this week going to be um, it's about living every day, um, the same way and letting the stuff that's going to happen, you know, happen and the outcomes, uh, are going to be what they are going to be. And, uh, um, I've it's so cool. I've got them sitting right here on my desk. I'm 
keep getting mail and emails and I print them all off. And it doesn't matter if it's in, you know, a 20 year old kid that's decided he's going to go be a fighter pilot or a 60 year old guy that has found God again in his life. That's read the book or a, you know, a grandma that has read it. It's just so cool to watch people's responses um, to the book. And did you, what, so what do you say to the guy or gal that's listening that may say, you know what, Dan, I, I agree with it. And I do, I personally agree with that, that even when things aren't going well, you want to live that way. But, but through all this COVID and, and maybe job loss for people or whatever it may be, how do you do that when it's, when times are tough, right? When, yeah. when the, to the, to your point of the blue skies, right? But what, what, when yeah. it's dark skies? So times will, times are guaranteed to be tough, period. You well, know, deal yeah. with it. Uh, expected, you know, we call it embrace the suck hmm. in the uh, in the Air Force. It's just going to be right. Um, and the the issue with the way that you know that I had lived in the past is you ride the waves of when it sucks. You know, it's taking you down, and you're waiting to to come up on the on the peak of the wave when when something's going well. And uh, I would contend that you know this book is is built for the suck, right? It's like, I engineer fulfillment every day in my life. And fulfillment is the only way to find happiness, which is fleeting, right? It's an emotion uh, and, and satisfaction. Those are all byproducts that, that come from, from living a life of fulfillment. But if in my case, you know, 10 lines of effort that are non-negotiables for me every day, I'm going to accomplish those 10 things today. And I'm going to be fulfilled when I crack my Michelob Ultra or my Budweiser at six o'clock tonight and be like, Hey, you know what? They might've not have gone the way that I wanted it to. There may be really hard things going on in my life, but I know I fought the good fight. I I did. I fought the good fight. And if tomorrow does not come uh, for me, I'm a very strong Christian. I'll be like, I, God will be smiling down on me. Right. And I, I controlled through my own volition, which is one of the lines of effort, the power of choice. Yeah. I controlled my day through, through my choices. So and, I know you got all 10 and they're in the book and people will buy the book and all that stuff. And, and, but can you share a few of those? Like what are the things that if I have a camera and follow you around every day that I know without fail you're doing every single day? Yeah. So I'm, you know, a, a couple of lines of effort. So I talked about synchronicity or chance with a purpose. Um, and this is about being a watcher and always looking for, for signs that are guiding us and, and interacting um, with people. Uh, I just mentioned the word volition and volition is kind of the trigger. That's the, it's the third LOE, but volition is the power of choice. And I learned that as a junior at the university of Kansas and um, every choice we make follows a path and it starts with, I won't do that. I can't, I'd like to, I'll try. I can, I will. Mm-hmm. You can make it to, I will, nothing can stop you. Um, and I get there all the time, right? And I'm like, Oh God, I'm tired. It's Monday. It's January 25th. I will work out this morning. I will get out of bed, even though I do not feel like getting out of bed this morning. Um, um, so volition is, is, is foundational um, in this book and the choices, the opportunities, but the accountability that comes through those, which is, you know, lost in this world where as soon as something doesn't go the way you want it to, you're pointing a finger, you're blaming your life, your circumstance, someone else. 
um, really important. Um, so I'll kind of exercise long- real quick. Sorry, I keep interrupting, but I want to yeah, no. dig in is so that exercise thing, do you have a goal? Do you have a, or is it really just your purpose? And you know, ultimately you're just going to feel better, have more energy and it's the best thing for you. Or do you have something stated that you like to do? Um, I have a, I've got a workout routine I do every day. It's, a, you know, an hour and 20 minutes. Um, and it's also my, my prayer time in the morning as well. So I combine okay. those two pillars out of the gate every day. And because uh, again, it's right. setting yourself up for the best chance um, to be successful. And the, and the whole taking care of yourself physically and spiritually is, is such a big deal. And it's because you're going to battle, right? And I'm a, you know, I'm a fighter pilot. I got to stay in shape. I'm still flying high G's, doing all that kind of stuff. But everybody's in some kind of fight. Um, and taking care of yourself, if you're not physically taking care of yourself, um, and then the spirituality part, um, I'll talk about this a little bit as, as we progress, um, kind of through the LOEs and another early LOE is called parasitic drag. And so, um, go back to 1947, Chuck Yeager is trying to break the sound barrier. One of my boyhood heroes and in order to eventually break through, they had to re-engineer the trailing edge of the wing of the Bell X-1, which was the aircraft that they were trying to do. And so they eliminated parasitic drag off the, off the, off the jet. And to ascend to the places that God wants us to, you have to be in constant battle with parasitic drag. And what is, what is parasitic drag translated in, in my life or in people's lives? Um, just some examples. It could be um, forgiveness, right? Holding on to grudges, not forgiving others, not forgiving yourself. It could be alcohol, right? It could be social media. It could be your weight. It could be toxic people in your life. And you have got to constantly battle to clean off the parasitic drag because that is a stuff guaranteed will hold you down and you will not ascend to the highest level. And this part of the book is like, requires you to be brutally honest because you only, you're the only one that really knows what your drag is, right? right? And then there's a little science in the book too, which I love, which, which I learned. When you wanna remove something, um, you have to replace it with something else. So perfect example. So I removed my second beer of the day a few years ago, right? Because it, it made me, I, I loved it, right? But it made me wildly unproductive. As a dad, it made me a couch potato, right? Um, and not putting the kids to bed, not doing baths, all this stuff. It's like, oh man, a second beer and I get into that, you know, whatever, just that that being mode, not, not alive mode. Sure. And, uh, so you remove your second beer, but you had to replace it with something. Right. That is the, the, the absolute key for me. And so I removed my second beer and I replaced it with walking my dog around the block. So I get great satisfaction from my dog. Bravo. Being outside is incredibly healthy. Um, but whatever you're going to get out of your life, you have to replace it with something. It is science or you won't break that habit. Um, so that's that's parasitic drag. Um, going a, kind of down the road in the LOEs. Uh, one of my favorite is faith forward. So during my big struggles in, in life, um, as a, as a prayer person, I would, you know, I would, 
I was praying. I was like, God, I really need you, man. Help me out. And I got a very clear answer back, direct answer. It was, if you need me, you have to take me with you. Hmm. And translated, that was, if I'm not in, at mass on Sunday or I'm not praying when I work out, I didn't take God anywhere with me. And it took me um, probably two years to muster up like the full faith forward life of every interaction I have, I bring God with me. And that's obviously, we're talking about it now, but in, in my speeches, when I go to Starbucks and the barista asks me how I'm doing, I say, hey, I'm blessed. Yeah. How are you? Little moments. The voicemail on my phone says, hey, I'm sorry I missed you. I'm out living the day the Lord has made. Leave me a message. Um, and it, it, it probably changed me more than any single thing in my life. And I don't, I don't push it in people's face. It's not evangelical, but being intentional to bring God into every interaction you have. The scripture says where there are two in my name is brought up. I am with you. And it, I mean, it changed, changed everything, um, in my life. Incredible. And uh, so Faith Forward's one of the LOEs okay. in, in the book. Um, uh, Kurt Warner spoke uh, back when he was playing for the St. Louis Rams when they were here. And he had a, there was a prayer breakfast and it was inside the dome, right? And he's like, welcome to my office, which was, that was pretty cool. And we're on the football field there eating breakfast and listening to him. And he said, God, you want to have him sitting shotgun all the time, not in the trunk. You don't just carry him with you and get him out only when you need him. He's like, you got to have him set in shotgun because even when you don't need him, you still got to talk to him. And I thought yep. that was real powerful, a good analogy to think about. So I hear what you're saying. Well, and it's crazy too. In this cancel culture, that's one more thing that's getting canceled out. Right. And I am, uh, you know, I look at, you know, myself as, you know, James or John, you know, disciple. It is, I don't put myself in that category, but as, as far that's as what Jesus called them to do, he called them the sons of thunder. And uh, because they brought it and they bring it and I bring it everywhere that I go. And, um, you know, it's, I've just seen this like overflow of blessing in uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, my simple prayer, my first prayer of the day waking up is just, hey, man, let me be a vessel of impact. You you lead me, give me the strength, the perseverance, the energy to follow and ignore myself and, you know, my shallow wants and, and needs. So um, that's been a real big one. And the last one I'll, I'll share with you is the, the final LOE and it's go before you're ready. And I'll put this in the context of a story. So you go through training as a fighter pilot. It's training's two and a half years long. The government spends $8 million per pilot training us. And only 4.8% of the people successfully complete um, the training wow. and end up as a combat ready wingman. And you, once you get to the, to the F-16, which is about 18 months into the training, um, you get four rides with an instructor and the fifth ride um, you are solo. And I remember sitting in the cockpit of a, of an F-16 and um, I'm doing a podcast that's victoria i have five daughters so Hi, it's victoria perfect. so uh, victoria yes but uh but anyway um i'm uh i'm sitting in the cockpit and i'm looking around i literally know what like half the buttons and switches do it's a 45 million dollar fighter jet and they're like hey man you're not ready to kill anybody you're just learning to fly 
but I have to go solo or I wash out of the program. And I'm like, there's no way I'm ready, right? There's just no way. If this is up to me, I'm never sitting in this jet. And, you know, I hit start two. There's no keys in an F-16, just a little start button. Start two, put the throttle over the detent. This beast comes to life. I go fly, land miraculously. And um, when I pull into the chalks, it's July in Phoenix. And I raise the canopy up. And it was like this cold wind hits me. And, th and that's in the moment you realize that, dude, how intense this was. It's 130 degrees outside and it feels like there's a cold North St. Louis breeze hitting me. And yeah, I mean, it's just like a total epiphany, like wash over me. And it was, don't, do not ever doubt. You go before you're ready and I will always be with you. And um, I would saying, and I've never stopped, right? And it's, you know, whether you start folds above your garage, whether I go to St. Louis before I'm ready, um, whether, you know, you build golf courses before you're ready. Um, but I would look, I would challenge people to look at true greatness, people they admire in their life. And I think if there's one defiant thread of DNA in this group, it's these people go before they're ready, right? They don't listen to all the noise. They don't over plan it. And I go back, it's, it's the difference between being alive and living. Just go. God will be with you. And I think he rewards those people that have enough faith to be like, hey, man, I'm in. Let's just do this. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And it's funny, you just said some of the words. So the, the circuits of success or attitude, your belief. But with belief, you must have faith. And then you take action. And I always say, you know, if you, if you can uh, say you have the best slap shot in the world, but you don't know how to skate, can you go play for the St. Louis Blues? No. Who cares if you get the best slap shot, right? Who cares if you know more about investing or raising money? If you don't take action, you don't go knock on the door at Dave Peacock's office, nothing happens. So thank you for sharing that. So you got to meet your hero. And uh, Mr. Nicholas, as you said in the interview uh, I saw with you guys, your press conference, you're building a, just a kick-butt golf course up in uh, Michigan. opens in May, I believe, right? May of this year? Yep. So talk yep, to us about does. that, man. Cause he's, you know, he's my hero. I got a cool Jack Nicholas story real quick. I played at a pro-am down in uh, Branson and uh, I made a hole in one in the pro-am. And wow. so then you kind of get to talk to these guys, right? Because you did something kind of cool and I happened to catch it on film. And so I've got a video of it just random. It was amazing. And uh, Jack Nicholas took my cell phone, did a selfie video to my dad who was recovering from cancer surgery in the hospital. And I'm, I mean, it gives me chills right now. I was thinking about it, you know, and like, you know, my dad's not a crier. And my mom's like, a, your dad's crying with that video. So he's amazing. Obviously he's won all the tournaments, the majors, all the stuff, but man, he's just an unbelievable guy. You got to spend time with him and now you're getting to build a dang golf course with him. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, first you just described Jack Nicholas, right? And uh, it's always, it's always dangerous to meet your hero. Right. Um, because he's probably going to let you down, right? As sports fans. That's right. And Jack is, has not let me down. And just to the contrary, he's 10 times the guy I watched winning major championships with my dad on television in Stillwater, yeah. Oklahoma. And yeah, you pinch yourself these moments where you get to call somebody like that, a you know, a level three friend. Um, and the backstory, which is what makes it really cool. And, it, you know, it, I'm at a point in life where I think I've, 
I've, I've at least figured it out in that I, I really don't care what you accomplish. Tell me what you've overcome. Hmm. Uh, that, that is what defines yeah. greatness. Um, and in the spirit of overcoming that our little family golf course in Grand Haven, Michigan was where Folds of Honor started. Very first little tournament, we had 67 golfers show up, raised 8,500 bucks. And um, the golf course had run its course and was on fumes, was not going to make it. And um, the easy thing was to just plow it under and turn it into real estate. My, my dad, who is my best friend, was like, we can't do that. We got to save it. He's 80. Um, so he's still never retired. And by the way, retirement's nowhere in the Bible, anywhere. That's right. Um, we're called to use our talents and our gifts. Um, but anyway... So I'm like, okay, dad, I got this crazy idea. It's a Hail Mary. I'll reach out to Jack Nicholas. And, um, you know, I get through the filter of Scott Tolley, his agent and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, Jack, we'll meet with you. And I went down and I pitched this idea of turning the old Grand Haven Golf Club into a memorial um, for the birthplace of the Folds of Honor and giving everything back to, to the charity. And um he uh, was like, I'm all in. He waves his $3 million fee. Um, we start this three-year journey together, flying into the wind the entire time. It's been brutal, right? I mean, out of, out of money, you know, all kinds of permitting hurdles, this, that. I mean, you name it. But three straight years in the wind. And uh, all of us, man, I just like the harder it is, the more worthwhile it is in, in life. I mean, it just is flying into the wind. And so this odyssey will, uh, will land, the jet will land May 2nd when we open American Dunes to the world public golf course. And it is the golf, the physical golf is just off the charts. It's going to take its place in the, you know, upper echelon of golf in wow. the world. I know it will. Um, in the sand dunes on Lake Michigan, um, just phenomenal. But what really sets this place apart is, you know, what it stands for. And it's, you know, where Folds of Honor started. Uh, the only way in and out of the property is through the Folds of Honor Memorial, which you actually walk in the boot prints of soldiers who've been killed in action, whose family stories are on the walls that flank you in and out of the property. And um, it's just a, you know, wildly special place. Uh, of course, Budweiser sponsored the bar up there. We'll have the coolest fighter squadron bar ever. Uh, <laughs> Dave awesome. Peacock is one of my whole sponsors up there. The guy probably plays two rounds of golf a year and I call him up and he was like, I'm in. Um, so all of these, the congregation, if you will, known as Folds of Honor has come together to build literally Jack and Barbara and I call it the church um, because people are going to come to this place and, and be healed and just, you know, their hearts filled up that love the game of golf, but love their country um, as well. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing, man. Well, hats off to you for what you're doing. It's incredible. Your energy is incredible. Your faith is incredible. And uh, what you're doing for all these families, you know, it, it, you can't see obviously through my walls here, but uh, Scott Air Force Base is about four miles that way. Nice. I know I'm, sure, well. I'm sure you've heard of Scott Air Force Base. And uh, Been there. yeah, we're lucky to have so many of those people in our community. And so hats off to what you're doing for people like them, man. It's amazing. Um, so where do our listeners find more of Dan Rooney, man? How can they, you know, give back to Folds of Honor? How can they find you, follow your story? Yeah. So, um, 
foldsofhonor.org. Um, come join our squadron. 13 bucks a month is uh, what we ask for the 13 folds that bring the flag to its triangle shape. Um, mm. These families need our support. We have thousands of qualified families that we don't help on an annual basis. So that is the number one priority if people are listening. Uh, number two, if you want to invest in yourself or someone you care about, pick up Fly Into the Wind. Um, it'll, it'll change your life. I mean, it is lasting um, change. And you can get that anywhere books are, um, are sold. And um, if people want to follow me, it's uh, at Lieutenant Colonel Dan Rooney. So I'm floating around out there trying to preach God and country and only good stuff in the social media space. That's the only reason I'm there is to fight against the, the machine of brag book and all the other bad yeah. stuff that's out there. So we need more of it, don't we? Yeah, so we need no, more of it, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. So my last question for you. Sorry, my last question for you is if you had to give yourself one piece of advice, you know, maybe 10 years ago, what would that advice be to Dan Rooney? Never quit on your wife or your family. Hmm. Um, and uh, I thankfully, I mean, I, I haven't, um, but, um, you know, the further you get down the road, the more clear it becomes that there's really not that much that matters on this journey. And there's so many things in our lives that pull on us and and take our time and, and energy. And to always keep your energy in proportion to the stuff or try to keep it in proportion to the stuff that really matters and never get that inverted. And I think that's why we have, you know, just such a marriage and family crisis is we're pouring all of our energy other places and not filling up the stuff that really matters. Yep. That's a big bucket to fill up, isn't it? It and is. And uh, thanks so much for being with me on the circuit of success, man. It's been awesome having you. God bless and uh, have a wonderful week. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.